0: Welcome to the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast with Philip Washington Jr. Today, Philip talks about why he's not nervous about the stock market.
1: Here's Philip. All right, another day. All right. So this has been a very interesting and and fun week for me, and I and I genuinely say fun, right? You know, because when when you hear the conversations, you'll see why it ended up being being fun. So I, I I'm I'm not only an advisor to you know over a, a, a hundred families, right? <laughs> I have I have actually like wealth managers and friends who have. Who, who are well- to do who I talk to about money all the time um, uh, it was specifically uh, some of this future tech type stuff in Bitcoin that is uh, forward thinking um, and so in conversations with the with a the, uh, with them a lot of them were understandably nervous about the stock market about their Bitcoin holdings about what's going on in the world and why everything was dropping so much and it it reminded me that and these people are highly intelligent people they have they've made lots of money they have quite a bit of money Uh, they are many in my opinion probably a lot uh maybe have has a has a bigger iq uh than me or you know i'm I'm partially, I'm partially saying I believe that um, uh, <laughs> since I feel like I'm tapped into infinite intelligence, I don't think there's a limit to to the knowledge. But the point is, I'm talking about human knowledge, right? They're very, very intellectually smart from a human standpoint. Uh, but intellect's not really needed for making money. It, just a little bit of common sense and a ton of faith is all you need. And so I had a conversation with a wealthy friend who, uh, you know, I'm giving one one of the conversations to, 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 to illustrate a point where he basically was regretting not going to cash earlier in the year when a billionaire mentor of his told him he went to cash. And it was around the time when, he, if you listen to my podcast, I was talking about the Fed tightening. Uh, the, you know, They had been telegraphing it for a while. I even lightened up uh, risk on the portfolios around this time. I mentioned it in, in December. And so, and it, and it wasn't that you needed to have some insight because you're a billionaire or some special knowledge It's and I say common sense is literally like if you, if you watch the fed on TV or watch CNBC, they were, the fed was saying we are going to tighten. And then if you look backwards and you say, all right, whenever the, if money gets pulled out of the system, that means asset prices are going down that's the that's the the purpose of tightening is to slow down inflation and depress prices uh, in the short term and so so the the problem is some people, some people might think well when you see that happening why doesn't everybody go to cash and pull out because it's timing i mean you 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 have to time it perfectly you have to get out like like when they say it, you can get out, but the market can go up for a long time, right? And then and then when it and then when it does start dropping, right? How far does it drop? Nobody knows. When you get back in, right? So so the trades you make when you market time in the short term is you trade some of the upside when it rebounds for some of the downside because you have to get it perfectly on both sides. And and I've literally never read or met anybody who's got it perfectly both sides consistently over time. Like that's that is, you know, to this point. Uh, had not been done. And so and so I was, when, he, when he was talking to me about not regretting you know, going to cash, I said, hey, let me ask you a question. Because I was pretty sure of the answer. I was like, hey, how did your mentor make his money? Because I knew it wasn't through market time. I, I knew he didn't make his money to a billion through market time. Uh, uh, and so he said, oh, you know, basically held, held some closely held stock, you, you know, to a lot of money. And then diversified and compounded, right? Uh, from 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 then on, and so what I call that is faith in the future of something, and we'll get to what that means in a second. But um, and, and so some some and, and so when I say that, some people might say, "But yeah, Philip, you know what about what about these traders who market time?" Like like one of my favorite books is "Methods of a Wall Street Master" by Trader Vic. Trader, trader Vic was literally a trader. And he—I don't know how much money he's worth, but I—I'd be shocked if he wasn't a billionaire, you know. But he made quite a bit of money, um, you know, trading through market timing, and he extols it. But but here's the difference between him and most investors: the the volatility of his portfolio or of traders' portfolio that do that is as astronomical, like way way more up and down movements than a regular investor. I mean, they they're going down. 50% every single year at some point because they're trading on leverage, right? And their portfolios can be three to five times leverage, which means if they don't market time, not only will they lose all of their money, but they're going to owe the bank some as well. And so by the nature of what they do, they have to market time or they're going to lose their money because they're trading on they're trading on leverage. But when you look at their volatility or the up and down movement in their portfolio, which dictates your return, right? that is that is um uh higher than most investors and, and it and so that means the reason why at some point in the year they go down, they get they get their portfolio chopped in half is because they're like, cool, like I, I want my volatility to be here so my returns can be here. And that's that's completely fine. Um so 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 going back to uh the conversation that after I explained that to my to my friend, I say, listen, we're, we're you know, my portfolio, your portfolio Uh, we don't trade with leverage. So, so we raise the volatility through investing in innovation, which is more volatile than old stuff. And, and the goal becomes to, to, to sit through that because every billionaire that you know that I've read about, and and I, and I gave him a list, right? I gave him, I went, let me go back to, let me, let me show you this list that I gave him. So I said, Hey, I'm going to, and I, I did not know the answer to it before, but I did the list. Because I figured it to be true, and I, I just knew it. I said, "Hey, uh, let's look at the top twenty list of billionaires today—the richest ones. Like none of them, none of them on the list were hedge fund managers, right? Uh, that 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 market time. Uh, and, and let me and 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 I, let me give you a side note on why none of them were hedge fund managers. Because what people don't realize, just like his billionaire friends, hedge fund managers, which they they make the majority of their money through owning closely held stock." <laughs> Of the hedge fund, meaning they charge high absorbent fees and reinvest those fees into the fund um, because they do market timing for already rich people. And so his billionaire friend who's already a billionaire or mentor who's already a billionaire, he's in preservation mode, right? Like everybody has a number. Once you get to a number, right, then it just becomes like, okay, I want to preserve what I got because I'm already rich. and can buy anything I want. And so people pay these hedge fund managers because they, you know— they're confused as well. They think, they think what this person thinks. Oh, market time and superior return. But if you look at the average return of hedge funds, it's not much better than S and P 500 on average, right? Uh, again, you have the traders that are going down 50 percent every single year. But the traders who do that, not, at, at a certain point, they stop taking client money because the clients won't allow them to invest the money the way they invest their money because they're so afraid of volatility. And so the so just like our financial system is an illusion. You know, uh, there's an illusion around hedge fund managers providing superior returns with low risk. That's that's fake. That's not real. As as the foreign president says, fake news. When you look at the data, and so let me go. Let me let me go through the list. So you you look at because I want to point something out. I said, hey, Jeff Bezos at the time when I looked it up was worth 177 billion dollars. Right? What did he have? Faith in the future of e-commerce. He saw it. He acted. And had faith to stick with it, and him and any shareholder who kept their stock in Amazon were richly rewarded over time as e-commerce was inevitable became inevitable, and Amazon executed properly towards the vision. Elon Musk, uh, Elon Musk has he has faith in every, in the future of everything, you know, because he's like uh, energy, transportation, space exploration. I mean, he's in so much stuff. It's you know, he's getting into social media. Um, uh, Bill, you know, he's worth one hundred fifty one billion at the time of that. Uh, when I look that up, probably more or less, I don't know what this today is. Bill Gates, $124 billion, He was number three. Uh, Faith in the future of PCs. Mark Zuckerberg, $97 billion, Faith in the future of the social network or how we organize as a community digitally, i.e. why he changed the name to Meta. Uh, Warren Buffett, you know, people, Warren Buffett's not a trader. He made a big bet on America, Right. And made a lot of money. And, and if you listen to the shareholder meetings, he's always, don't bet against America. Don't bet against America. He made a big bet on America, and that richly rewarded him over time. And then I wanted to do something just, to, just, for, just for giggles. Right? I said, hey, let me do the risk-adjusted returns of the early wealthy pioneers of the 1900s. So I was like, what's the risk-adjusted? And I went to this site called celebritynetworth.com. Hey, what's the adjusted net worth of John D. Rockefeller today? Or you know, at the time of his death today? It's $340 billion. What did he have faith in? The future of energy, right? Because if you know his story, we were using like whale oil and we were running out of whales to kill and use for oil for light and our kerosene lamps. And he completely changed the global energy market, was a big part of it provided energy for cars and electricity and all that kind of stuff, refining that we have today. He was like the Elon Musk of, of, of his day. Uh, Andrew Carnegie, $310 billion in today's dollars, faith in the future of steel, right? Because before Andrew Carnegie, we didn't have these big, tall skyscraper buildings. You know, we didn't have all these bridges. So the infrastructure of the world that we currently live in, he had faith in the future of us rebuilding to create this new world. Henry Ford, the future faith in the future of innovation, his net worth was $200 billion, right? Why am I showing this? Because it's a, it's a principle. And I can do this going back multiple, multiple timeframes. As you know, I'm a you know, amateur historian, but faith, but faith in the future, right, is a requirement to be a good investor because you really only have two, two vantage points you can come from. You can fear the future and you can have faith in the future. And I have a great, great quote for you at the end. I had somebody who said, who said, yeah, well, Philip, listen, I understand what you're saying. That makes complete sense. But what just, what happens if everything goes to zero? You know, what, you know, you 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 have this faith, but what happens if everything goes to the future? Because faith is not a guarantee. And I was like, you're absolutely right, and that's why it's hard. But here's the deal, right? Let's let's. I'm talking from the vantage point of somebody who has a diversified portfolio, which which means in my scenario, in my client scenario, and the people that I'm talking to that are friends that have portfolios. I'm like, listen, um, if you're diversified well, and everything goes to zero, which has never happened in the history of time, but let's let's doesn't mean it's not possible, right? It's not probable, but it's not possible. So let's say it happens. I like whenever I'm confronted with a worry or a thought, because um, I don't I don't let thoughts turn into worries. But if I'm confronted with a thought that is can be a problem, i like, okay, let's take it to the let's take it to the worst point. Worst point, everything goes to zero. Okay, if that happens, we're living in a brand new world. And I'm, pre- and that's a world that's like stone age type world, right? So because all the banks went down, we don't have any businesses or jobs, right? Because 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 like if everything goes to zero, that means everything went to zero, right? If we're if we're diversified, and so my focus, I don't care about the portfolio anymore. That's not that's not even real. Like there's no more. That's that's finished. We're in a brand new world, and I'm my consciousness shifts to. How do we operate in this world? Like, what is value in this world? You know, how do I protect myself in this world? Right? What like it's a whole new world that we're gonna get adjusted to, and we're like, who's worried about portfolios? That's the thing of the past, right? And so, so the point is I'll deal with that world if we get to that world because and I'll have faith in the future of that world, whatever that world might be. But as a this world that we currently live in, right? The only thing that's constant in both worlds that I live in is faith in the future is how you uh, create value and the life you want moving forward. So so this world, if this world keeps working out the way it's worked out, then faith in the future richly rewards those who have faith in it. In this new world, when we get there, I don't know how it looks. The only thing I do know is that faith in the future is what will save me in that world from Fear taking over and causing me to freeze up and do nothing, right? I mean, you, you see it in the apocalyptic movie. The people who win are people who have faith in the future. So so at the end of the day, you got a choice. So here's a quote from Nick Murray, the goat of investment philosophy, uh, you know, next to Warren Buffett. It's kind of debatable. Who's the goat? But I like Nick Murray. He says, I believe that successful investing is essentially a battle that takes place in the investor's mind, a battle between faith in the future and fear of the future. And in the end, the investor's lifetime return will be to a very great extent governed by which of these impulses win. I would write that quote down. I would memorize it. I would read it every single day because that is the answer, right? The answer to building All the wealth that you want over time through investing is having faith overcome fear, because fear is not real. Fear does nothing. Fear is subtractive from life. Give me an instance where fear provided anybody anything positive in their life, like nothing. So why engage in it, right? And by the way, people say, well, what about worry? Well, worry, anger, depression, those are all just derivatives of fear, right? There's only two emotions, like I said, love and fear, which fear is not even a real emotion. Fear is just a lack of love. And so y'all enjoy your week. Uh, we'll talk next time.
0: If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com